Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. It's time to hear what Zechariah has to say after having been forcibly muted by God for the duration of his wife's miraculous pregnancy with John the Baptist. Uh, he's been born by writing on uh, writing, writing on a surface to show everybody how he, you know what what the angel had told him. He insists that even though it's not a family name, the the baby's name is John. Uh, it's time for Zechariah to complete his priestly duties. He was expected to emerge from the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement and then issue a benediction to all the people, but he's been forcibly muted, and so he can't. And so he goes straight to work as soon as he can speak again. And here's what he says under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is traditionally known as the Benedictus. We heard Mary's uh, Magnificat. Here's uh, Zachariah's Benedictus. Then, uh, this is verse 67, by the way, if you're listening on podcast. Then his father, Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Okay, just pause right there. Every time somebody's filled with the Holy Spirit in any of Luke's letters to Theophilus, whatever comes next is always awesome. And this is before the Holy Spirit has come down as in the church age. Uh, this is really sort of a, an Old Testament appearing of the, whole, the Holy Spirit when you think about it, because the new covenant isn't officially ushered in until atonement has been made for the sins of all who are in Christ upon the cross and his resurrection. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit pours out upon the church. Now we are the temple. The Holy Spirit dwelt within the Holy of Holies and the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament. But when Jesus died upon the cross, that curtain separated the interior of the temple from the, out, uh, the exterior. It was torn from top to bottom. So now we have no use for that temple. Now we are equated to living, breathing, walking, talking temples because that Holy Spirit lives within Christians today. Now at the moment of this Benedictus, the, the temple's intact. The curtain is untorn. The, the, the Holy of Holies remains. And yet Zechariah is filled with that very Holy Spirit, just as his bride Elizabeth was upon hearing Mary's greeting uh, at what we call the Prager Party. Verse 68, blessed is the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and provided redemption for his people. Hey man, that's a good name for a church, don't you think? He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. Just as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets in ancient times, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us. He has dealt mercifully with our ancestors and remembered his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant that we, having been rescued from the hand of our enemies, would serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness in his presence all our days. And you, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of our God's merciful compassion, the dawn from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The child grew up and became strong in the spirit and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. 
So the final verse that I read was verse 80. And uh, that, that marks the end of the uh, Benedictus in the beginning of, or the, the resumation of, of, the, of the narrative. So this Benedictus is full of deep and rich theology, and it, and it bears, again, some parallels to what, what Mary sang. And they, uh, they, they all have this in common. They thank God for bringing down the pride and lifting up the lowly. They thank God for his, his faithfulness toward his people Israel. They thank God for following through on the covenant that he made with Abraham. This, this whole exciting, pivotal season when these women are becoming miraculously pregnant, one with the forerunner to the Messiah, the other one with the Messiah himself. People are being filled with the Holy Spirit of God in, strictly speaking, the Old Testament, you know, under the Old Covenant, when miracles are happening. You know, uh, priests are being silenced while in the Holy of Holies and then bursting forth with their benedictions <laughs> like several months late uh, and, and saying things that people didn't expect. Uh, they, they, they see what God promised to Abraham coming true, and it's not really what, what the Jewish people expected. They, they thought that this faithfulness to Abraham would be a military victory over their oppressors. They thought that this would be the ouster of Rome. Even Jesus' own disciples thought this. They had only the political and the military interest of Israel for that certain time in mind when it came to the Messiah. And the Messiah is not what anybody expected. And it came at a time that really only the, 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 the Persian mystic Magi wise men seemed to really see coming. And this fulfillment to the promise of Abraham is, is, is coming in, in not, you know, political, uh, political upheaval. It's, it's coming in the births of babies, John the Baptist and baby Jesus. So they, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, every time you read the book of Luke, every time you read the book of Acts, watch for what comes next. You're going to see a lot more of this language in the very last week of this, this 15-week series. Uh, go figure. It's titled, Dear Skeptical Friend. And uh, it's, it's Luke's letter to his friend Theophilus. Uh, and the book of Acts is also a letter uh, written by Luke. And uh, both of these letters have this in common. Uh, so the, he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he blesses God. He thanks him for his redemption. And then David comes up. Uh, we've studied the book of Ruth. It ends with this genealogy. And the very last word of the whole book is the name David. And so the original reader of the book of Ruth would have recognized this as a backstory to the king. Then that same genealogy reappears in the opening to the gospel of Matthew, which we have studied verse by verse, right? And as we look at uh, that, that gematria, uh, uh, sort of a, a poetically structured and, and deliberately non-comprehensive, uh, sort of a highlight reel genealogy leading to Jesus, uh, it, it goes from David to Jesus. So Zechariah is giving God glory for fulfilling what he promised to David. He's giving God glory for uh, what he swore to our father Abraham in verse 73. He's dealt mercifully with our ancestors. He's remembered his holy covenant. So the promise that was made to Abraham is, is centuries old. The promise that God made through David 
is ancient at this point. I mean, these are dusty prophecies sort of forgotten uh, by most of Israel at this point. And Zechariah sees God at work after a long, long silence and holiness and righteousness in his presence all our days. That's the hope for Israel. Um, unfortunately, this would not turn out to be the case for Israel, but it's, it's what comes out as Zechariah speaks over Israel. It's what, it's what Zechariah, filled with the Holy Spirit, hopes for Israel. This was, this was the breaking of a long silence. And then we'll talk tomorrow about uh, how verse 6 was the, break, uh, the breach of a long tradition. All right, uh, what he just said in verse 76 right here was, was shocking to, to those who heard it. And then in tomorrow's devotion, we'll see exactly why that is. Are you dealing with the silence of God right now? Have you not really felt his Holy Spirit's presence in a long time? Have you been neglecting the word of God? If, if that's you, I'm really glad that you're tuning in. I'm really glad that you're listening to the scripture being read. And I want you to take comfort and biblical inspiration from Zechariah, who had been dealt with by God and was used mightily by God and was the one through whom his own silence was broken. And also for everybody who listened to the Benedictus, the silence of God for generations, for about 400 years, had now been broken. Our faith is honed seemingly exclusively through trial and through the silence of God. If you're facing radio silence from God, like a faithful naval commander going through a deep fog, not having heard from your port of call in a long time, hold fast to the compass bearing you were given and trust that the crackling on the radio will soon emerge from the deep fog and it will break and give way to a brilliant light of day. And on that day, when you encounter once more your commanding officer, may you be found faithful to his last set of orders. Hold fast to the compass bearing in the silence of God, because his voice is coming. Amen.